Hi, I'm Harriet, a mental health professional and educator, and this is Dawn Breaks, the podcast all about finding hope and maybe also healing after reaching rock bottom. Welcome back to series three. I'm so glad that you're joining us. Today's incredible episode comes with an important warning, which is that we're going to be talking about loss and grief of someone potentially very close. We're also going to be talking about some of the potentially really difficult emotions that might come up with that, such as anger, despair, and feeling hopeless. This is such a special episode with a very special guest. I really hope you take the time to listen. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Dawn Breaks. And I am so happy to welcome Bethany, who's joining me today. So welcome. Hi, thank you for having me there. Oh, no, it's an absolute pleasure. It really is. How do we find you today? How are you? Yeah, doing really well. So, you know, we're we're in a little bit of a lockdown ourselves right now. But, mm. you know, I guess this is kind of worldwide right now for everybody. Yeah. And where are we talking to you? Where are you? I'm in Canada, so mm-hmm. that's Alberta. I'm originally from the UK, though, myself. So Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking for listeners, it's good for them to know what's going on, because obviously I'm talking about the UK a lot of the time. But yeah, really good to connect with you from, from the other side of the world. So awesome. you know already, Bethany, a bit about the podcast and how it works. Um, what I like to do is take people back to a time when when things were really difficult, potentially, when you might have been feeling very low or a bit hopeless, and ask you to describe a time that, that might have felt like that for you. I wonder if there's a time that you'd be happy to share with us. Yeah, definitely. My hopeless place um, was actually when I became a widow. Right. I became a widow in October of 2018. Mm, and, so sorry. Um, yeah, I was actually a stay-at-home mom at the time. And mm. I had two little boys who were three and five years old. Yeah. And yeah, it was a it was a big journey for me kind of going through all of this stuff and having mm. to like relearn about myself. Um, I felt very isolated that like a lot of people didn't understand the circumstances that I was in, it was, I felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb. Um, And a lot of the times I I felt that a lot of people felt sorry for me. And I I didn't actually like that aspect of it because Mm. I felt very victimized by Mm. it. And um, what I didn't really realize is that I actually have a very strong mentality. And I realized that through going through this, I felt a lot of obviously like despair um you know too many people hadn't gone through this and it was really hard to sort of relate to the everyday person um and how they can sort of understand like the the circumstances that Mm. I was under and I felt very anxious and and very angry um as well just because it was a very low place and a hopeless place for me at the time it was sort of like a big banner over my head like now what like mm, now, yeah. now what does my what what does my life look like what does my boy's life look like and a lot of the anger I would say came from the the having a lot of responsibility um so for me it was 
empowering to sort of be that only person to kind of do that for my boys, but it was mm-hmm. also terrifying at the same time. Right, right. I completely um, understand. It put a fire under me though. Like I, I find for a lot of people when they go through something pretty tragic, whether mm. it's for their own health, their own mental health or somebody else's, and you kind of get to this sort of fork in the road, you basically have a decision to make and you can either go up or you can either stay in the basement floor. And I pretty much right there and then knew I wanted happiness for the boys and myself. And it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't sit in, um, sit in pain and misery. Like I knew I had to let myself grieve. Of course. Um, that wasn't sort of, it wasn't sort of like, okay, like that's it. Like I'm done. Mm. Like I can, you know, move on. Like I, it come, it came in waves and Mm. the majority of it, I would say would be, it was like, I needed to pick myself up and actually do something with it. And I, I realized thinking back about this, I actually had sort of three key areas Mm. that sort of got me through it, I would say. So that was sort of my, my lowest um, of of low. Mm, I'm so sorry. It's such a difficult thing to speak about, you know, and, and for so many people as well, I imagine lots of people don't know what to say in a situation like yours. And you described there that feeling of, I, I can't remember the word that you used exactly, but it felt like you were describing feeling pitied in some way and, and, and rejecting that almost feeling like, no, I'm yeah. going to be in control of, of what I can be in control of. And it's really important for me to be here for my for your children. And, and it, it's very, very difficult, isn't it? Because I think you're intensely experiencing these emotions, but other people have feelings about what's happened for you and and what do you do with that and is it even your responsibility which I think it isn't in that situation your responsibility is just to you and and your family but thank you thank you for sharing because it's incredibly tough and I imagine still incredibly tough to talk about yeah um you mentioned definitely I think there was a big one there there's control Mm. control is I think when you you hit the nail on the head there with that one is that when people I think try and sort of oh I don't know how I would how I'd be able to live sort of myself after having gone through that and when people say that it's almost like a feeling like they're taking that control away from you and you've already had that sort of physically happen yeah that it's almost like you you feel like you should be sort of emotionally shoved into a corner and oh you know like you should you should feel really really sad and like not get yourself back together ever again and like this is like completely ruined your life and mm. all this stuff and i think just just those tapes just that notion of itself is is very um it was it was very demoralizing i think for myself mm. like it made me feel like i was even smaller and i had less power um and and I think I've always been that type of person. Like if someone says you can't do something, I'll, I'm very much like, I'll show you. Yeah, right. You know, I don't pick the easiest roads to go on. Obviously running a business and stuff too, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's a bit of a windy road. And mm-hmm. I find that that's sort of been my life as well as very, very windy, but I always seem to find my path Yeah, and yeah. Uh, make it great for myself. I love that. I love that. And I also love what you've just shared there, because I think that that's such an important perspective for people to hear. You know, Mm -hmm. in the moment, I think people 
panic. They don't know what to say. They don't want to say the wrong thing. But actually, it's really useful for people to hear that that actually isn't helpful to say, I don't know what I'd do if I was I was you, because that isn't empowering. It's not supporting you in the way that you potentially need or want. And maybe you'd be an expert in, in what, you know, what should people say? You know, I say to people, say, I don't know what to say, but I want you to know I'm here for you. You know, if you don't know what to say, be honest about that. But that yeah. idea is really important, I think, about just thinking about the impact that those words are going to have, even if it's being empathetic and being sensitive and careful, you you do need to think really thoughtfully about about how that where that's going to leave you and and your ability to move on. Like you say, obviously, of course, you're not going to do that immediately. Of course, that's going to take time. The grieving process is huge and it is long and it it, it goes in waves. But at the same time, you have to be helped to pick pick up the pieces in the moment and and that sort of is really essential maybe and and that's probably as well where your head goes to in the moment is to sort of like what needs to be done and maybe the the empathy is helpful later possibly yeah when when you say you know what do people really say when I kind of look back and I think about it and I'm also teaching this to sort of my boys as well Mm. is that when people are using better words more encouraging like you're so strong, right? You're such an inspiration. You're such a powerful person, like, Mm -hmm. like things like that. It actually, that's what builds you up versus someone saying to you, Oh, I feel so sorry for you. Mm -hmm. Like, like you understand the tone, like everything is different. Right. Um, And same with my boys. I've noticed that too. Like if they start to sort of go into this victim mode of, you know, I don't have a dad or things like that. I, I actually mm-hmm. encourage them to look at what they do have mm-hmm. and what they're happy about right now. And that's kind of what goes into sort of the three things that um, I wanted to talk a little bit about sort of the journey mm-hmm. of um, how I got myself there. And it wasn't really an intentional thing. It wasn't like, oh, let's sit down and let's figure out like what it just sort of happened. And I think part of it is sort of my personality yeah. and my mindset at the time because like I said when you hit rock bottom you get to a point of a decision Mm -hmm. like right away Mm, I do agree with what you're saying there because I think you get a certain amount of clarity maybe it becomes really clear you know what what needs to happen and the things that maybe felt like they mattered before possibly don't matter as much and it becomes quite simple in in the moment that is really really difficult and and I, yeah, absolutely, you know, honor what you're saying there. I think it's it's really important to feel empowered and not disempowered because all the time that we feel like something is happening to us, which we have every right to feel in the moment when things, when you know, when really difficult, painful, awful things happen. But all the while we feel like something's happening to us, we we sort of lose that power, don't we? Rather than sort of stepping back into what can I control? What can I change? How can I sort of impact what's going on so that I feel safe and secure and as nurtured as I can be right now? Yeah, Yeah. it's, um, I think it was massive for like my boys to feel that as well, because again, it's, it's a sense of safety and security being ripped away from them too. Um, For myself, it was more, yeah, like sort of what now? finances everything like Mm -hmm. it was sort of like I didn't even know where to start like what aspect of my life what it looks like 
you know, when you, when you marry somebody, you expect till death do you part, but not that early. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my partner at the time was 37 years old. Like that's wow. early for, yeah. for someone yeah. to, and I was 32. No, sorry. I think I was 31. Right. Gosh. 31 yeah. I think I was 32. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's early and it's not heard of in sort of our age group. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. um, yeah it was like I said it was a bit of a shock to kind of move myself forward like I I was like I really have to do something because Mm -hmm. like the big part for me was my boys depended on it of course um, course. for the security and the stability for themselves like they don't need a mom that's going to fall apart Mm. and you know they've suffered enough and a loss right so Mm -hmm. I wanted to sort of share kind of what what helped me yeah of course yeah let's let's move on to those because I'm really interested to hear you know what supported you the most during that time I think the beginning part like when I first think of like the first few weeks the first few months of course it's like a blur Mm -hmm. um there's a lot to do there's a lot of aspects you have to sort of sort out because when you obviously combine a life with somebody there's a lot of different I's and T's and things that you have to of cross course. and dot and all that kind of stuff. Right. So mm. it was kind of a blur in that sense. And you're, and you're trying to sort of get over the, the shock of it. But the main thing I thought of in that time was I just want to be happy. I just right. want to be happy. And it was like my mission to not live at the bottom, yeah. but to realize I had a long journey to go, but my attitude had to change right, right. away. Right. I could I couldn't sort of live there and think, Oh, well, you know, let's just give up you know like Mm. that wasn't an option for me I'm like there's got to be a better way than than to to feel this and Mm. to live this right so the first part was I sort of had a persistent healthy mindset for myself and Mm. I actually almost taught myself that I already knew I had a very like I'll show you type Mm -hmm. of personality like if someone said oh you'll never do this or you never could be that or whatever my mentality was like well I'm gonna do it and I'll 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 prove you wrong right so that was sort of my first notion in my head and I made sure every day I woke up and I listened to very positive like YouTube videos people that sort of had been through a lot worse Mm. uh, inspiring like mentor people that were talking about like mindset growth and I list, I almost binge listened to that like every morning and it got me out of bed because it was like telling me things like, you know, you could be in the worst pain ever, but you can actually do something about it. Like, right. don't feel sorry for yourself. Like you have the control, you have like the motivation and it got me out of bed like every right. day. Right. That's um, powerful. It was. And it, and it pushed me because as much as like it's easy, it's actually easier to, to go back to bed mm. and to you know, give up and feel anxious and like, well, what's the point? Mm. But it's harder to get up, brush your teeth, have a shower and have to deal with sort of the kids on top of that. And they still need to go to school and they still Mm. need to be looked after and they still need a mom in their life. Mm. So that was sort of the first few weeks, I would say to a few months of, of dealing with something pretty bad. And then as I sort of progressed, I thought I need some counseling. I need to sort of figure out like, the tapes moving forward like how do I sort of recondition Mm. myself so I actually I did a quite a bit of grief counseling for myself and Mm. for my eldest at the time because he was five right Um, my youngest was three and I don't think he he wasn't really even talking as much so Mm. we couldn't really understand but um we we did a bit of 
you know, family stuff, counseling. Mm -hmm. And um, I hired a personal coach for myself. Right. And um, I worked with her for over a year. And um, that really helped me kind of see like um, where I was, like how I sort of got myself into that, into that place in the first place and going forward, like what was it going to look like for me? So that really helped. And, you know, joining other groups and stuff as well. Um, I've never sort of really found like anybody that's experienced the same thing as me, but I've been able along my journey to find people that have had the same type of feelings, like the lack of control, um, feeling disempowered or angered or things like that. And it's been, it's been quite sort of, um, eye-opening for me that a lot of people as much as we don't have the same experiences we share sort of the same thread yes and that is sort of something that I've held on to is that other people can understand your experience whether it's you know losing a child or losing a parent or losing a spouse or anything like that or feeling, you know, disempowered, um, sort of how do we regain our own control Mm. um, back in our lives that is manageable? And how do we sort of teach that to the younger generations that look up to us as well? Because we definitely are an example. Absolutely. Um, And for me, the big one was also being grateful in the worst of times. So that was sort of the number two aspect for me was that as much as I thought, you know, this is probably the worst thing that could ever happen to me. It wasn't the worst thing in the world Mm -hmm. that could have happened. Like there's so many other people that have gone through, you know, various different things. And there's a lot of people that understand the pain. Mm -hmm. And I I thought to myself, you know, there's only one life. We only have one life to live. And I want to make mine amazing and be a leader to my boys as well. So even just something as simple as like at dinner time, we usually do go around the table and ask what, if, what everyone's grateful for. Love that. So it teaches them and, and they've been doing that since they were little. And they even ask us that now, like if we're driving or we're sitting at the table having dinner, they usually say like, you know, what are you grateful for today, mommy and things. Aww. So it's nice because yeah. even in the worst of times, I can get them to sort of think. And, and it's helped us too through like, even this whole pandemic thing going on, because obviously a lot of people can sort of relate to this, even just on that basis, Mm. like all over the world is that you feel quite disempowered that you're being sort of told what to do, where to go. I already kind of had all these tools under my belt before this pandemic hit, because I kind of already experienced all this, this loss and sense of, um, lack of control yeah and going into the pandemic even teaching the boys like you know when they've been taken out of school or they can't have friends over or things like that it's like well I know we can't do that right now but like what can we do right and what do we have control over Mm -hmm. and you know trying to sort of make the best out of every situation has helped our family and our boys to feel like they actually have a say or they have control over like there's the small things in their own life yeah and that's huge and huge for them as well I think to know that they have some power know that they have some control over things because I think when we're most devastated is when things feel like it's been taken out of our control just like you've been describing Mm -hmm. and and also again you aligned with how what's going on now with the pandemic is so many people are really struggling because they feel like things have been taken out of their hands but 
you're right there is this there is this absolute attitude shift that we can do and it doesn't have to be a big jump you know it's very hard when you're feeling very low you can't jump up to feeling happy immediately but you can just have little adjustments in in kind of how you're feeling by thinking well actually what can I do like what what can I make nice for myself you know maybe I can't do the things that I want to do but I can do you know, I can have a bath or I can, I can do a nice activity. I can video call my friend or whatever it is that right. makes you feel good. There are things that we can do. And, and then you're living in a place of possibility as opposed to a place of lack, aren't you? And that is a completely different feeling in your body. And ultimately right. what you feel on the inside, you're going to see more of on the outside. And, and I think that's so powerful. You know, you, you also mentioned there about coaching and counseling and I think it really does make such an impact having space to make a plan after sort of a devastating experience like what how do you want the future to look like what do you want life to look like moving forward and 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 you wanted your life to continue you wanted to feel happy you wanted to have this safe nurturing space for for your boys and all of that's really important and sometimes just having someone else there to reflect back and help you structure and put that plan into place can be really transformational. And and that sort of coaching in that sense is is slightly different to sort of therapy work or counselling in that it, it kind of can help you structure and put in that plan, which potentially is what you maybe needed at that time and what you're describing as needing at that time is a is a way to look for forward and have steps to move forward and move you know out of a space that was really really difficult and felt out of control definitely you hit a lot of points there that actually I was thinking in my head about that it's definitely becomes and like it's got to get to a need like Mm. a lot of people say they want they want things in their life to change they want to lose weight they want to be happier um, you know, wave a magic wand and give me that. Right. But <laughs> at the end of the day, it's when you hit a need, it's, right. it's, there's no question anymore. You're like, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't live in this anxiety. I can't live in this depression. I can't live in this unhappiness or broken boundaries with other people, things like that. It, it reflects into so many different aspects. And, um, for myself, when I think about why I did coaching, why I needed that for myself. It was a place where I needed somebody to reflect back to me what I wasn't seeing. Because the problem is, I think a lot of the times our ego gets in the way and we think, oh, I know what I'm doing. Or, you know, um, even if you're a therapist yourself or you're in the healing work yourself and you think, you know, oh, I don't need that. It kind of gives you a bit of a a check um, Mm. because the thing is, we also have spots and areas that we're, we're not looking at and we may be teaching it to our children unknowingly. Yeah. We may be, you know, having these um, issues and it goes into your relationships. It goes into family life. Like, and I needed somebody to see my own blind spots. So I'm like, there's something I'm not seeing um, that, you know, I attracted this type of life. Um, I attracted this before. I don't want this type anymore. I want to live a better life. So it was like, I looked at something and said, I want this life, but I don't know how to get there. Right. And I I need that help. Um, And at the end of the day, for me, the other part of it was um, having a purpose and waking up for that purpose and realizing I'm not perfect. 
I can't be perfect as much as I want to be perfect. And that's, I think a lot of us struggle with that is this Mm -hmm. whole perfectionism of even in motherhood, like, you know, I remember that with my first son, I had quite bad postpartum depression as well. Mm, And that was a very, another, another low time in my life, Mm. but it was my expectations to be perfect, to understand and know it all. And and you Mm. don't, it's like, how can you? Mm. Yeah. You're not given a guidebook on right. any, anything in life. <laughs> any <basically>. of this. <laughs> how to run a business, how to be a mom, how mm. how to grieve a loss. Like mm. none of this, like how to go through a pandemic. Like they they all relate in some aspect that we we go into this sort of unknowing and blind and we may not be seeing things that we're doing over and over again and wondering why we're getting the same results. Right, right. I think you're so right as well about you need someone to reflect it back because and 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 you also said about even if you work in the healing modalities even if you work as a therapist like I can't give myself the therapeutic support that I need I can give myself self-care and I I know a lot of stuff and I have a lot of expertise but the reality is is when you know when I was having a really difficult time I couldn't do that stuff for myself because I'm in it you know you need someone outside of yourself who can have an objective point of view and also be able to say say it because sometimes we don't want to see it you know even if we do have a a slight awareness of what we might be doing or repeating or the patterns that we might be going through we might not be ready to see it yet and it takes that kind of work and and consciously wanting to uncover what is it about my sort of subconscious patterns or things that I'm doing that is is creating these results for me that I don't want and I think that's really, really powerful and and really important. It will be so useful, I think, for people to hear that. Definitely. I think a lot of people, uh, myself included, denial is a huge one. And the ego likes to get in the way and oh, yeah. say, you're, you're fine, you know, just keep going. And you're running this life on autopilot and wondering mm-hmm. why you feel miserable inside. You know, it sometimes takes a break, mm-hmm. like you know, something hard to happen for people to really check their ego and come out of the denial and be like, I actually need to do something about this because I can't continue like this. And right. and there's a lot of people that live on autopilot for the rest of their lives because they're just sort of on a cruise control, mm. you know, mm. a um, place of coping rather than a place of living, maybe. Yeah, it's what's the word I've heard before? Um, surviving instead of thriving. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's been so many really important things in what you've described in in terms of your journey and the things that supported you. And and I'm just really grateful to you for for being so open and and sharing because I know it can be really difficult. And it and it, of course it is different for everyone. But but and it's very personal what supported mm-hmm. you. But but also really really important to sort of visit that and and see that journey to see how far you've moved from from that space of feeling not having control and this sort of devastating experience to kind of moving forward to to where you are now so tell us a little bit about you know where's this taken you so these are the things that have really supported you in this process where's this taken you now in terms of what you're doing and your work that you're doing now it's inspired me it's crazy to to say that, but it's almost like given me a new life. Like, um, wow. 
I'm happy to say that, you know, it's been three years now and I've been actually in a very happy relationship for the last like two um, with a new partner and Mm. we're creating, you know, a new family dynamic and it it takes time, obviously, um, you know, but right now what I do myself is I also coach a lot of other women through difficult times in their Mm. life because I understand and I understand the tools and the principles of what it takes to get over that, right? Mm -hmm. It made me get up every day and put a lot of time and effort into building memberships for the women and the moms that I help. Um, A lot of the women I help suffer with anxiety and depression postpartum depression and uh, and I I find a lot of it like because I'm I'm in nutrition right I'm a nutritional Mm. consultant Mm. but that's just the tip of the iceberg when people say I can't lose weight it's not a physical thing it's like where people are stuck in their mindsets and we revel back to sort of their um, beginning and the tapes that they're hearing and the relationships they're in and what's blocking them from being able to have that happiness and to move forward. So I don't think people sort of realize like the work like that you put in, it changes everything. Yeah. It changes your entire outlook. You know, I'm in a very different place emotionally, mentally than I ever was. And even boundaries, like Mm -hmm. just like how much growth I've done in the last few years. Like it's, it's amazing. Like I look back a a year or two ago and I don't even feel like the same person I was. Wow. That's incredible. It is like, it's such a journey. And I think a lot of people are afraid of change because Mm. it it doesn't, it's uncomfortable, right? Um, Nobody really wants to move. And again, the fear of like, well, what's it going to look like at the end result? And I understand that on one aspect, because if you do things too quickly, sometimes people are sort of like, oh, nope, that's too far. Like, Mm. I I don't want to do that. So that's why when I coach with a lot of my women, we start at six months because it takes quite a process for your brain to adjust to the changes. And then I start to say, like, look back and see, like, where were you like three months ago? Where were you six months ago? or a year ago, and they're like, wow, like, you want to do it in a subtle way that you're not sort of triggering this, um, this defense, this royal guard in you, Mm. you know, the person that's sort of like, nope, nope, don't want to change, you know, because that's what keeps us stuck, right? Is is that person that's like, you know, fearing anything different, whether it's good or bad, right? And it's fear that stops us, isn't it with change, because I feel like, now I can speak about change being a really good thing in my life. And there's been some big changes and some changes that I did not want and things, you know, at the time that I didn't want to happen. And you spoke about how your your experience of losing your husband in one way has become in an inspiration for building the life that you now want for yourself kind of post that happening. And I, I absolutely love that because I think it's so difficult for people to speak about this you know and and it is it is really important that we still embrace life and and still important that we we have the passion to get up every day because there's something that we have the purpose to get up for and you spoke about that earlier and I think that that's so important you know after a sort of devastating experience is is to reconnect with yourself and find the things that are going to help you get back to a a version of you that has passions and is lit up and has something incredible to share because you now have this amazing 
message to share with people and it and it's coming out through the work that you do you know your pain has become your purpose which ultimately means that there was a reason for it happening you know there was a reason for you going through that and of course you would never have chosen it for yourself however something has come out of it which which is is really positive and really good and now you're in a time in in an experience in your life that sounds completely transformed in such a short time span which is just so heartwarming and I'm I'm just so happy for you that it can have turned around in such a short space of time to somewhere where you feel in control, where you are happy with what you're doing and you're in a a family situation that that feels good to you. And that's just, that's incredible. It is. When I think about what you're saying there, I hear, um, what is your why? At the Mm -hmm. end of the day, you've got to, not everybody knows what it is, but it's the why comes from a place of a burning desire in you that it makes you do something because it it makes you cry inside, like in yeah, a way that yeah. makes you happy. What's going to motivate you to do something? And, and that's what I talk to people about when I, even I talk about weight loss and things like that. Like I said, it's just, it's a physical thing. It's not um, at the end of the day, you got to go through someone's mindset first and figure out what it is, like what's holding you back, like what, what what's going to push you forward, basically. And for me, the why I realized after a while was I wanted to be happy and I wanted my boys to be happy. Like it was mm-hmm. such a desire that it was like I wasn't going to stop anything getting in my way mm-hmm. because it was something I was so burning to have mm-hmm. inside of me. And when I look back and I think, how far I've come and what I've done and all the challenges and the journey that I've gone on myself, whether that's up in the sky or down, you know, crash down. Um, it makes me cry because it makes me happy of how far I've come and the life I've chosen because I made one decision. Yeah. Yeah. And like the most powerful, important decision almost, isn't it? Of, of your experience, because that making a choice, can change everything and for you it did and that's just yeah it's giving me goosebumps this you know you say about why this podcast is definitely one of my whys like these conversations blow me away so often and I I love what you shared there because I just think you know there's people out there that need to I needed to hear this there are people out there that need to hear this and and you have such a incredible powerful transformational story and I and I'm so happy to be able to be part of the process of getting that out there to more people um, because I think you've got so much so much good stuff to share that that people can benefit from hearing so thank you that's that's wonderful because even in in the last you know what you said powerful inspiring people want to hear this like that that is what makes me do what I want to do because it it knows from my pain I can help other people Mm-hmm. yeah and that's it isn't it because then it makes the pain worth it you know yeah. none of us want to experience pain at the time that it happens but when there becomes a reason for it happening when there becomes when it when it happens in your life that there's a purpose for it and there's a place for it and there's a strength that it then gives us that's just that means so much mm-hmm. and I yeah I completely understand what you mean about the the sort of goosebumps the feeling tearful having some tears about it. it it really does matter doesn't it that those those really difficult things have a reason and and give us so much strength and inspiration yeah that's what yeah. we're here for 
Beautiful. Love that. I love that. How can people connect up with you, Bethany, if they feel like, wow, this has really resonated with me and they want to hear more about you and what you're doing? What's the best way for them to do that? We have several different ways, but what Mm -hmm. I do like to offer is a free 15 minute sort of consultation for anybody that is struggling right now or needs a bit of guidance. So um, I can provide you there with that link and then people can book in in a 15 minute call with me, but people can also go to my website, which is www.ndelish.com. Love it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. So all of those, all of that information will be in the show notes for anyone listening. Um, so you can get access to that really easily and get in touch with Bethany if you want to. Are there any sort of last things that felt important and you haven't had a chance to say yet or anything that you feel you want to share before we wrap up? I think a lot of people can relate um, as much as I know people think, wow, like her story is like completely different from like anything I've heard or, or, or I've ever heard or experienced. I think a lot of people can take nuggets out of this and everybody, like I said, worldwide is being hit with the the whole pandemic on this mm. aspect and, and your control is not taken away from you. You know, you have the power within you, you have your own, you know, environment that you can change all on your own. You don't need to change the world, but you can change right. definitely things at home, things within yourself, for sure, right. on a small level to help yourself. I love that. You don't need to change the world. Uh, yeah. And and yeah, we have so much control over what goes on, you know, what we take in and how we put ourselves out in the world. And that's where the biggest changes happen, ultimately, for us. For yeah. sure. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for your time and everything you've shared. I feel like there's been absolute jewels in here for people to to kind of like you said nuggets for people to take and and just have to sort of digest and and hopefully touch some people in in a really important way so thank you so much for giving us your time yeah thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it so i hope your viewers really enjoy this uh podcast here yeah thank you wow What an incredible story. I've got goosebumps now just thinking about it. I just want to say thank you again to Bethany for being so brave as to share this incredible story and journey that she's been on in the last few years. I think there's so much for all of us to benefit from and gain through listening. It's such a powerful concept to think about what we gain through the experiences that we have that maybe we wouldn't have chosen for ourselves, but afterwards there are things that we look back and are able to appreciate. It reframes, it gives us our power back. As always, you can get in touch with Bethany by clicking on the show notes for this week's episode. And we've also added a new page to the website, which is a donate page. So if you feel like you would like to contribute and support us, support me in this process of creating this podcast, you can head on over to dawnbreaks.co.uk forward slash donate. Take really good care and you'll hear from me soon.